Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Noise Podcast as part of the Noise Podcast Network and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. This is a two-part episode. The first portion, me and Jack discuss the new Monomarth album, The Great Heathen Army. And then after that, in the second portion, I speak to Sam from Ithaca and we discuss the new album, the writing process, what they hope to achieve, how they wrote the album, all this good stuff and what they're doing moving forward and all that type of thing. Uh, thank you so much and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Noise Podcast, sponsored by Stereo Brain Records and part of the Noise Podcast Network. I'm once again joined by my very good friend, Jack Holloway, with an introduction that I'm sure he could accept as usual. Jack, how are you on this fine day? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Uh, it's good to be here. I've flown in. I, I, was in, I was in a polo shirt about 10 minutes ago, by the way. Like, that's like, I've wow. It's the, it's the smoothest transition from work, Jack, to uh, pod Jack uh, you'll have ever seen. I've never seen you in a polo shirt in my life. I can't even imagine what that looked like. We're seeing each other on Friday. We're recording this on a Tuesday and we're seeing each other Friday. There is a strong likelihood you'll see me in a polo shirt. Oh, I can't wait for polo shirt, Jack. I have a feeling you'd speak differently as well. I'll get in the car. Hi. Uh, I project. Polo makes me project. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm mm. going to project all vomit. I've become, I've um, become all the things that, you know... You'd hate about me. That's... I just you tend to that like like we're just really well rounded. Everything's great. Middle class guy, just like mm. yeah, the economy, this weather, huh? Like that kind of dude. You that guy? Yeah, you're an estate agent, aren't you? Hiding in plain sight. Oh my god. Oh, sorry. <sighs> Fucking hell, what a letdown. Anyway, we'll get to we'll get to that pending disappointment later. Well, I'm very excited to see you as always. Um. We're here to talk about Amonomath. Um, now, Jack, um, what's your level of familiarity with Amonomath's material? That'd be a strong zero. That this is this is the <laughs> um, this is the first this is the first dive I have taken. Oh my god! So you had no earthly idea. So at what point did you start to realise? what a monomath we're going to sound like did you look at the the, the notes and the cover art and that type of stuff talk yeah. us through the learning process sure 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 i mean i will say in terms of uh they're, they're a name that's been bandied about in in the metal scene as for as long as i can remember like, yes everyone knows who or, or knows of oh there's that band the monomath like, like mm. look, I, lots of people talk about them um and and as i've learned from the press notes they've actually been a band since 1992 which is one the year i was born and two a year before you were born yes ish ish yeah yeah well yes it is it is it is the oh like it is because time is time and that's (laughs) (laughs) it's not like fucking something that's negotiable for those for those listening that don't know sam's birthday and shame on you uh (laughs) all the cars all the all the listeners i'm just missing out on damn why don't you know that um but it's it's on new year's day so that that's um oh i don't know i've i feel i feel like it's uh you know Uh, it's information well just give them my fucking address and debit card number next time it is entirely entirely a different year though anyway my point being finding out that they've been (laughs) you've been going on that long um, you just described 1993 in comparison to 1992 as an entirely different year. 
<laughs> it was. <laughs> it was like like you know, one year era ended in 1992, and another began. And between so the cycle which Amon Amarth was born. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were. Anyway, that's mental. So I, I found that out in the press notes, which was both surprising and unsurprising, I think. Don't know where I sit between the two. Um, in terms of how long it took me to understand what I was going into, but the cover art gave it gave it away pretty quickly. Um, it, it was very Viking, very quick. And then, yeah. I mean, about 0.4 seconds into the first song, I was like, okay, here we go. This is what we're in for now. Yeah, I, I actually saw him on a moth supporting Slayer in 2007. Yeah. And they were being described as an up-and-coming band at the time, but they were clearly they'd been around for 15 years. So I, <laughs> I don't... I mean, apologies I also, if I've got that wrong, but I'm, I'm like 90% sure I read that. Maybe I'll look at so you, like, carry on. I'll, I'll yeah, so I, I saw them off that that Twilight of the Thunder God era, which is like one of their bigger tunes. It's a, it's a banger. It's absolute classic. And that, they were brilliant. Um, they were doing that um, mutual headbanging in circle thing, including the drummer, which I thought was just extraordinary. Um, that is, that's it's some fucking commitment, honestly. Um, but yeah, so we, me and Chris reviewed Amada Moth's last album, uh, a couple of years ago, I want to say 2020, 2019, that sort of range. And, and and we sort of went in with a similar attitude that I'm going to now. There's a value. There's a value to bands like Amon Amarth here. And, and they obviously serve a certain niche, but also they also serve it in, in not in the Alastorm way, because Alastorm are whack and they're really cringy and embarrassing. I don't know if they're Alastorm or they're Alestorm, but I've always presumed it's Alestorm. And the fact that you would call them like Alice Storm, as if you're like, oh, it's Alice Storm. Um, I don't oh, know don't who's do, right no, there. Oh, God. You've thrown me uh, now. And I feel oh, like you've probably called them that for like a long time. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt very comfortable for me to say. Oh, you just and, came right out the gates and said that. Yeah, I just you? went straight yeah. for Alice Storm. Although now mm. I realise that really sounds silly. It, it, the more mm. you repeat it, the worse it gets. Alice Storm makes it sound like it's a Ugh. like it's two words. Yeah, who's that guy over there? Oh, it's Alice Storm Jones. Oh, no, man. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, it might be Ailstorm. Either way, Ail, everyone knows Ailstorm. Just to just to just to make it really fucking clear for the listeners, Ailstorm are uh, shite. Uh, and if they want to fight, like if you want to find different pronunciations of that, uh, or or or, or sh- sh- Shatire Storm, as Sam might call them, <laughs> if he decides to. <laughs> um, um, but, to go yeah. back to uh, my fact check for you, Sam, a Monomar for a Swedish melodic death metal band. Uh, okay. from Tumba. Um, Where's that? Tumba. They formed in 92, so I was correct on that. Uh, I think they're Swedish. Yeah, Swedish. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Tumba. Um, and actually, just another, you know, interesting fact for you while we're here is that uh, the band takes its name from the Sindarin name of Mount Doom, the volcano in the one and only Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's interesting. I instantly no like them more now, actually. Yeah, well, the big, big Lord of the Rings fans over here. So that's yeah. that's that's an immediate win. It's an immediate win. Mm, um, but yeah, like the world needs bands like Amon Amarth. The metal world needs bands like Amon Amarth because there is a there is a niche and there is a crowd for this, and they they're perfectly perfectly suited. 
as a fan service. The fact that, by the way, the by the way, they described as Swedish melodic death metal, and at no point they've put Swedish Viking themed melodic death metal seems insane Vikings. to me. It's like just sprinkle it in there. Come on, it's got to be part of the first first sentence of the bio, surely. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they're that they're doing this with regularity and they're doing this with some real consistency speaks to the sort of impact they're having, really how good they are at this, because they've been, um, I want to say the archetypal medieval themed or Viking era themed band really since they became famous. I've never, I've never really, really came across a band that does it as well as consistency uh, consistently um, or, or with as much just insane regularity as a monomath. I feel like they've had like 12 to 15 albums and they're all like seven to eight out of 10 metal albums within this theme. Um, me and Pew reviewed Sabaton um, earlier this year. It was the same sort of thing. Like you looked at their history and it's like, holy shit, these guys have been doing this for 20 years and they're just doing concept album after concept album about an apocalypse or a world war. And, and they're just reeking in the fans, just raking them in, just railing them in, just unbelievable unbelievable um it's hard not to respect them that's the tone i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with overwhelming positivity for this because i do actually like them quite a lot where do you sit with this yeah i i love it actually i i I found it a really enjoyable listen um okay and i mean one of my questions to you were well maybe not for you but uh, as as more of a fan you're the most qualified of the two of us um is this is this like other albums or is yes. this okay? Because I, I I was listening to it and I was actually really impressed by like within their genre, obviously, and what they're trying to go for, the diversity in what they were doing, mm. you know. And it, it 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 would be, I think, from the explanation given so far, or what I had in my mind, is this was going to be very one track, one pace, one tempo, one thing. And what they do within their genre is actually a lot more than that, you know. There's 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 so it, and this felt like an album that they were playing around. It felt like they were sort of embracing their creative side. So it was interesting for me having this being the very first dive. I haven't, you know, we 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 looked at like Coheed, for example. I'd at least had some understanding, some some you know some of the back catalogue I'd listened to before. Um, same with Alexa on Fire, you know. But this was zero, absolute zero. I have never put on a a Monomar song in my life. Yeah, I I I like checking in with them from 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 point to point, and 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 I I like finding it kind of reassuring. It's like um it's like an old TV show, or like a, a long running radio host, or a familiar podcast, and it's like checking in every couple of years and be like, oh, this they're still they're still going, they're still doing their thing, isn't that isn't that nice? The world's still turning, and Mona Martha's still talking about Odin's sword, and we can move we can move forward, and that that's that's good for everybody. Um, but if we actually break this down, this is a really good metal album. Like, um, like jokes aside or anything like that, any sort of like side eye references and, and that type of stuff. And like, I got, I've got no issue whatsoever. I'll just go straight up out of it and say, <clears throat> I've got no issue with metal mixing with nerd culture and and metal mixing with history and sort of all these coming com- stuff coming together. I'm a person with a fucking map from a Pokemon game on my wall. Like it would just be insane for me to point and and, and sort of uh, criticize any kind of other interest that he's pursued as a theme. They clearly see it as part of their like historic identity and cultural capital and all this type of stuff and explore that through these, these class metal tunes. And the moment it starts getting the ring, I was like within 30 seconds, I was like, I fucking love heavy metal. Like, I just love it. There was just, 
It was just a bit where the slow riff was kicking. There was just that hammer and that kind of bell in the midst of the breakdown. And I was just like, yeah, man, sometimes we overthink it. Sometimes we overthink metal and we think it needs to be these like intricately layered and, and wonderfully serpentine things. And I'm like that. And I love that. And I love talking about that. And I love saying how great it is. And I love asking bands why they don't do more of that and wondering when the next thing they're going to do that sounds like that isn't. I get it. However, sometimes it's really nice just to sit back and listen to just some, some good riffs and well-structured tunes. It's like sometimes you watch in... Um, a foreign language film that's got an Oscar nomination and it's really interesting, but you have to work at it. Or you're watching that Christopher Nolan film where the boats start going backwards and you wonder halfway through what the fuck's going on. And sometimes you want to just watch Thor and sometimes you want to just watch a Marvel film and sometimes you want to watch Harry Potter and, and, and you want to sink in to an enjoyable sort of parallel reality that you're sort of taken into and it doesn't sort of stress you out as much. And I feel that this does that in a very weird sense. I find like a level of soothing reassurance which probably makes me a sociopath considering the type of music that it is i find a level of reassurance from sitting down and listening to these very nicely structured really well sewn up really beautifully produced fucking banging heavy metal songs in this opener it really kicks off that vibe yeah i um i, I absolutely agree is it any surprise to you sam that they made that song for a wrestler no, it is not. No, it is not. There's, a, there's an A an AEW pro wrestler called Eric Redbeard. Uh, or oh, that's his, you know, that, that's the name he goes by. Um, and I wrote, <laughs> I wrote, this is not a surprise. No, that's that's, that's this is that's what I, mean. I actually did also write. I can already it. see him. Yeah. Like <laughs> if he's not ginger, there's no point. I'll tell you that for nothing. Shirtless. Shirtless. Tight pants. Um, leather arm, like wristbands, the ones that kind of go up to halfway up your forearm. Necklace. Um, got he's got freckles. some kind of finisher move that involves punching himself in the chest. <laughs> and like, I'm pretty sure I saw seven of these dudes in 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 a in a in a, in a bar in Wolverhampton, um, not too long ago. And and they were all they were all they were all sort of exactly what I imagined Eric Redbeard looks like. Um, just look it's just up. it is it is perfect oh please describe him to me i mean please. we're a little we're a little bit off but not entirely um, right. is his beard actually red is he ginger he's he's ginger as fuck man um for, for those <laughs> oh dear you, lords for those oh. of you on an audio platform right now i'm showing i'm showing sam uh a picture of eric redbeard i mean he's got he's got a bit of a stone cold austin type vibe yeah, Stone Cold Austin got lost in a mine. I realised I missed out the Steve. I don't know why I missed out the Steve on Stone Cold Steve Austin there. So I'm obviously a tired boy. Um, it might be hard for you to see there, but no, no, yeah. that 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 pretty much does the trick. Sleeveless leather, sleeveless leather jacket. Um, very heavy metal looking T-shirt on underneath. Very, very heavily tattooed. Very angry boy. Yeah. Very large individual. Um, big man. Big man. Yeah. Entirely anyway, makes sense. I also just wrote by this song, um, 15-year-old Jack would love this. I just yeah. want to I'd want to fight everyone to this song. Yeah, it's it's got that real sort of pulsing sort of mid-tempo pace, isn't it, as well? And and the rest of the rest of the the rest of the album throughout like sort of the opening tracks, we'll just take a look at some of the notes I was writing for this. I was just like 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 I was just describing like meals I enjoyed. Um 
I was just like, oh yeah, this is good. Um, like the Great Heathen Army is just a classic on a Marth song. This, but obviously, like they have one of these on every album. Like it's the mid-tempo, fist to the air. It's got that punching rhythm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. It's got this big sort of call and response kind of chorus that's really, really well suited to um, what I'd imagine would be a great live performance. Fans sort of calling back and then back the Great Heathen Army part of the big chorus. Made the beat down and then, at the start of it as well. It was just like yeah, really. It just really came nice. in and then left, but it was it was just perfectly. And I noticed they do little things like that. Um, yeah, they it, do. They toy with the genres a little bit. And, and what I loved about this is like it was that very chant, chant style group vocal type uh, chorus. You know, something that people can really get behind live, like you were saying. But also, I loved in it, it, in comparison because I wasn't entirely sure what I was expecting at this point. That was starkly different to the first song. Get in the ring had the kind mm. of the guitar line as the main bit of melody because you don't really you don't get clean vocals so the differentiation for the for the chorus in particular they rely quite heavily on the guitar for it so for them then to go to like this it felt like quite oh like that's they're two worlds apart in terms of what you're getting and what they're using and how they're using it in terms of what's at their disposal so i love that at this point i was feeling like oh wow like between these two here like i'm not it's not like one track at all it's it I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah, I actually actually completely agree with that, and I think as well that they do sort of step into other genres as part of the way to sort of diversify the music. And I think I agree with that. If you listen to the with the next couple of songs, actually, you listen to Hydron, which I'm gonna I, I think I've kind of tried to pronounce correctly. And thank you very much. Um, they're that that straight out of the Iron Maiden book that was that gallop at the start, the, 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 that kind of that just classic sort of tempo. But we've even got between that and the next couple of songs. Uh, between Hydron, Odin, Odin owns, and find a way, find a way or make one. Some of the some of the musicianship here is incredibly uh, incredibly impressive. The, the the drum work on um, Odin owns right at the start, absolutely amazing. Um, and there's a bit in find a way or make one, it, where it's the standard fist in the air, big punchy. But then there's like these beautiful, really beautiful guitar harmonies, like near the second half of it that are just glittering. And it's like, whoa, where the fuck did this come from? Um, and it, it's really, really, really nice. And then they just go sort of go back to stomping on your head for a bit. But like that in the midst is just, it's just superb. It really, really enjoys it. And it really, you're right. It just separates. And they know what they're, they're, what they're doing. They know what room they're in. They know what they're capable of. It's, it is, it is riff. It's big chorus. And then they're able to pull away from it for a little bit and really offer this um, sort of moment of sort of transcendent beauty and that type of stuff. And then, sort of head right back in like they're, they're very sort of clued into what they they're able to produce what their audience wants what they're able to produce for their audience and even when there's harmonies and when there's nice sections there's an element of sort of like um like metallic sensibility there's always that heaviness there's always that kind of it's it, even with guitar harmonies it's like a classic um heavy metal guitar harmony going on very sort of judas priest very sort of um ufo thin lizzie that type of stuff and and, and i'm and i'm big i'm big fan of that and you hear like Dawn of Norseman, the next tune, which is really melodic. The central figure's really nice. Where do you sit on this uh, this mid portion of the album? Yeah, it's great. I, I, they don't. They've got their tropes, which I'm already starting to pick up at this point. Yeah, but they don't rely on any individual one of them too much, and that's what made it feel quite. I felt I felt it was quite fresh. I didn't find myself at any point, even in this mid section, thinking, "Oh, okay, now come on." 
I, you know, I, I felt like it was, I was looking forward to the next thing that I might hear. Hydrum was this epic, chuggy, bouncy, um, mammoth of a, of a song. And I was sat there thinking, this sounds so much like what Parkway Drive wanted to do uh, on, on Ire and Beyond. It feels like he, he was trying to embody some of that real, like, particularly in vocally, because it's that interesting style of vocal, isn't it? Where it's, they're, they're growls, it's, it's, it's heavy vocal lines, it's dark vocal lines. He captures some real sort of snarl in his voice, but he, he doesn't, but it's very understandable. We're talking about a death metal band that you can understand what he's saying for the large part. Yes. Um, for parts of it, at least. Loved that. Uh, Odin Owns You All is another one. It is, it's, it's a heavy one. Um, I love the, there was these changes in pace uh, as it dropped from section to section uh, where it would go sort of half time at one point and then kick back in. And, and, and that, that broke it up nicely for me. There was some lead guitar lines in that as well, particularly towards the end of the song that just, they just drop in. They're just kind of like you'd said, they just sprinkle the song with them. And it's like, oh, that, that kind of uh, felt, a bit, felt a bit new, felt a bit creative. Um, you're right though, like between them, I think the, and what I'm picking up that kind of a monomath trope that carries through them is that kind of fist pump in the air sensibility that you'd have at a live show. And all of them have that real togetherness and that real sort of ability to probably command the crowd. Um, I loved Find a Way or Make One. I thought it was more uplifting. It was quite bouncy. Yeah. I got more uh, Volbeat sort of uh, vibes from some of the the verse structures in it, um, but heavier, obviously. Um, I like that in the verse on that, it felt like the drummer held back a little bit. Yeah, check me noticing a drummer thing. Uh, <laughs> and I just wrote, he got a little jazzy with it. You know, it yeah, got the drums got a little, a little tinkly that, and not so much, you know, not so much of the beaty beaty and more tinkly tinkly. Um, <laughs> in my, in my professional opinion, um, I'm sure he's really pleased to hear that. Yeah, so if you're listening, which we know Probably you are, like Strom Storm Thunder or something. Yeah, uh, he he said I is tinkly tinkly no heavy heavy <laughs> no. I also just want to make a public service announcement apology to anyone. <laughs> just get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone on the podcast apologize so quickly for an, <laughs> oh. <laughs> an attempt at an accent. But yeah, I, 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 um, I, I don't think I've ever instantly regretted something so much <laughs> as I have on that. And I'm just going to, I'm going to continue on uh, the solo in that song is also mm -hmm. and, and i was like surprised i was like they haven't dropped a solo yet really you know? yeah yeah actually there's a, there's a minimum amount of massive sort of um lengthy sort of guitar work going on here they seem very much percussive and rhythmic band um mm. it just seems seems to suit their sound much better i also want to shout out the vocals on this are just perfect brilliant like cons if, considering the type of music they're putting together you couldn't actually like put a put a vocalist together better if you built one out of a lab um than than john johan Hegg is his name um what a guy and 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 if you've seen pictures of them none of them look like people you'd want to meet in a dark alley at all and johan Hegg looks exactly the way he sounds um but you know you know they're going to be the nicest human beings you've ever met oh 100 that's always the scandinavian way they're always like like six feet tall and lovely 
just like terrifying and really polite. It's just fantastic. What a what a what a what a wonderful region, um, and just just superb. It's just absolutely perfect. I feel as well like modern metal eventually swings back towards this consistency over and over and over and over again. What you tend to get is the 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 the, the bigger bands get the more they sink towards this kind of powerful easy to replicate or easy to at least sing along to or uh, nod along to instantly resonating type sound. And we're hearing it now, like I'm on a math doing this type of music that clearly figuratively and otherwise strikes a massive chord with its own fan base. And they know exactly who they're trying to appeal to. Know exactly who they're trying to appeal to. And it, it just, it works. It works really, really beautifully. Here's some of the, the last few songs on this record. I mean, Saxons and Vikings. I mean, did you even need to listen to this um, before knowing how this was going to fucking sound? I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect it would be, isn't it? Between those two, so the one before that's the Dawn of Norseman and then Saxon. Yeah. They sound, they, they both sound like they're like the boss level on a Sega game, uh, <laughs> except they're both fucking pummeling. And you know, there's like, I'm sure there's, um, I can't remember the YouTuber's name and probably people on TikTok now are doing it as well where they'll like turn even popular music or, or, or game music or whatever into like heavy metal. Um, there's a, there's a, I do some shout outs, but I can't remember what they're called, but it sounds like that. It sounds like they've taken something like from the Sonic soundtrack and turned it into like a, an epic song, but Saxons and Vikings. I mean, you talk about different as well. I mean, it, it, it was thrashy in comparison to the others. Uh, it picked up the pace big time. Um, and who the fuck features on it, or is that one of the guys in the band? Because See, that's a, that's an excellent that's an excellent question. An yeah, excellent I couldn't question. find that in the press. Notes, um, so. No, no, neither could I. Um, I'm not entirely I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I've sounds... got I've got to believe it's somebody else because if they've been hiding a melodic vocalist in yeah, their like, midst for the... like 27 albums, <laughs> and they're just they've just thrust him out for the second third of this new album, their 12th record or something like that, and they're like, hey, here he is, and then I I need to know what cupboard they found him in, but I, I'm yeah, right. I'm assuming that was brought in because you're right, it's not actually in uh, the it's press. Someone notes. that loves Iron Maiden. Uh... Oh, 100, or may have been and... in Iron Maiden at various yeah, who points. Knows? Who knows? But um, the back and forth between them, because I, I love a feature where they make the most out of the person that they've got. And, and I will say, I mean, if it is one of the guys in the band, that's one absurd and two, a great use of them at this time. So that's that's the most backhanded and amazing compliment I can give. But it, it sounds brilliant. The way that they, they use that feature or use that vocal or whatever to do that back and forth. You know, the part where there's like the vocalists going at each other you know one will yes. do one line the other one that it's like that call and response type back and forth it's so cool and that happens for like a large portion of the song as well it's not like a a drop and it's done uh i absolutely loved that. that's my that's my favorite song on the album um i, I absolutely loved it and then they and they drop another a solo in and it feels a little messier it feels a little it's got a little bit of you know a bit of snarl about it um it was cool that's a cool track at that point in the album yeah, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree. I'll wholeheartedly agree. Um, if you're in a like this, is, I don't think it's even relevant to, to even do, but just in case, I'll do this just for the record. If you're in a Monomath album, uh, you own a Monomath album, just saying that. If you're in a Monomath fan and you're wondering what this Monomath album sounds like and you have any, any lingering anxieties about what it's going to sound like, if you liked any of the last 11, it's, you're going to be absolutely fine. You're going to be absolutely fine. This is, this is going to do it for you. 
It's exactly what you'd want. It's going to get them back out on tour and it's doing exactly what you want for them. Um, and by the way, I'm seeing them on a off with Chris supporting Machine Head um, later this year. And I'm very excited. Like, yeah. je- like legitimately, that's going to be such a night of just heavy metal and headbanging and riffs and stuff. And they're right. Like between um, Today's Night, Twilight of the Thunder God, 2016's Joms thing. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. If not, I'm probably butchering it. Those are two really good albums. Berserker in 2020 was really, really good. And this one is really, really good as well. And it's they've, they've achieved a level of consistency that is tough to maintain in metal. And we need bands like this. Me and Chris used to have this argument all the fucking time. And till finally we had like a year in 2020 when all these old bands came out with great, um, great albums. Like we had yeah, Cannibal Corpse, that. we had At The Gates and all this sort of stuff. Uh, Carcass came out of fucking nowhere. Um, and it's like you need this because... While everyone else is trying to reinvent yourself, you need those bands that are just fucking plugged in and consistent and reward their fans and keep everything communal and play for the live experience. And the Monomartha are absolutely one of those bands. And I'm just, I'm glad they're still knocking around. I love that metal still is like, still has a part of it that's like this. I love that that's not going away. I think um, just to round up the last few tracks on the album as well there's there's some there's just some really cool parts that stuck out to me on some there's that song called skaggle rides with me which by the way mm-hmm. is one of the best titles to a song ever um sam that that intro with that half-time drumming that kicks in is sensational absolutely sensational and some of the vocal lines in that were matched by the riff like they were imitated at the same time it was cool. I just love the way they just played around with this. I just felt it was that track in particular felt like it hadn't happened before. It felt intuitive. It felt great. And then it's um, Serpent's Tra- Trail is the song that kind of, I mean, I wrote nasty, but wrote nasty with an R in it. Like that's fucking nasty. Nasty. Um, and it builds, it feels dark. It's got that kind of like riffy breakdown to open it. Um, it that echoey guitar sort of opens it. it and then in that, there's a bit of spoken word. He has this kind of dark tone where he talks. Yeah. Very much. And then it kicks back it's bit, in. It's and a it, bit black metal near the end as well, which is like yeah, slow like, and methodical and building up and stuff. But it still feels it still feels within theme. It doesn't feel like it's kind of uh, just, oh, we'll plonk that on the end and it'll be a bit jarring. No, it, it all felt cohesive as a record. But yeah, I, I, can't, I can't talk highly enough of it. I mean, you know, that's the... Uh, for for someone that's not a melodic death metal fan, uh, it's 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 the best melodic death metal band and album I've heard because I've heard very little slash none. <laughs> but well done on one of Marv. Um, yeah, I thought they were brilliant. I, I, I think they're you put you'd put a on. I can't remember whether whether they're playing this year Bloodstock, but you put them on at Bloodstock. They're going to be a staple memory. That'll be an event. And that'll yes. be memorable because I'm on a Martha there. You could put them as main support for Parkway Drive and they would have the crowd going mental. Mm. And I think they're the sort of band that you'd look at with what I hope would be that finesse and that professionalism and that just consistently brilliant sound. And and that would be, I, I think they'd still be pulling fans in from, from metalcore, from heavy metal, from old, from new. Yeah, I think it's really impressive what they've managed to do by all, by not necessarily expanding into anything uh, worlds away from how they started, but also they just fe- it just feels like they've perfected it. It's 
I've, I've really enjoyed this record. So have I. So have I. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I openly wonder what it'll sound like. You know, just... I can tell you. And I'll love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just absolutely terrific. All right. If you're an Amonimar album fan, um, Amonimar fan, of, and you're... Bloody hell. If you're a fan of Amonimarth and you are looking forward to the album, you're, you're, your nerves should be calm. You should be strong and resolute, be firm, bold, bloody and resolute, like the witches in Macbeth tell Macbeth. Um, we shall take so, the heathens together. We will fight the army as one. <laughs> it's guys, honestly, this is the this is one of the all time. These are one of the all time great gym bands as well. If oh. you just want to put on a record and just pump some iron and just or do some cardio and just stare angrily out of the window, then this this is the band for you. I can't imagine that if you just listen to enough of Mono Marth, you won't be like stacked in like a year and a bit. Um, but be that brings that us... you might you you'd be prepared very quickly. Sorry, Sam, you might also no, okay. sh- shout at random people like sort of Viking sort of you know. Oh, it's like you know. Oh, bro, can you can you can you just spot me on this? And he's like, "Yes, brother, lock shields with me one more time, and let us <laughs> let us lift together." You know, I feel I feel like that. That would be the only way that I could communicate if I listened to too much of this. So maybe I need to. I've done it like five times on the podcast already. Anyway, you were doing the outro. I've been it's okay. Just, just I've been nothing but disruptive this evening. <laughs> It's been okay. It's okay. I just like the I like the image that you just start shouting in random parts of conversation because you can't control your enthusiasm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like yes. It's like a various <laughs> various points halfway through a meal. Um, we have more salt. Yeah, it's just yeah. but not like just. Oh, just, the just, line so is good. falling. We must fall back, brethren, sisters, brothers. Come with me. Everyone else in the gym's just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> He's on the he's on the fucking leg press, you know. What is this for? Yes. Why? Who's he retreat. training to feet? Yeah. Unbe- unbelievable, unbelievable. Got the calves of a lion though; it's just extraordinary. Um, yeah. But yes, I'm going to bring us to the end of this before we before we say any, anything else that's just outrageous, outrageously stupid. Um, so that brings us to another episode of the Noise Podcast, sponsored by the Noise Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Jack for joining us. I'd like to thank the boys in Amonamar for putting together another brilliant album. I'd like to thank everybody that continues to listen to us, like and subscribe to us. Um, please follow us at Noise Podcast on Twitter, at Noise UK on Twitter. Please follow us at Noise UK on YouTube. Please give us a like and subscribe on Spotify. Please give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Music. Please follow us on Facebook. Please drop us a like, Twitter, Twitter recommendation, comment, anything like that. Tell us your favourite melodic Swedish death metal records. Maybe you tell us your favourite Viking album that isn't by a Monomath. That would be interesting. Then I can start throwing them at Jack and hoping that he just starts attacking passers-by at random points during his week. Um, just let us know if you need absolutely anything at all. We look forward to um, speaking with you guys again about whatever the hell is coming up in the noise world. Thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. And now, coming up, is my interview with Sam from Ithaca. And we discuss everything from their new album, When They Fear Us, that was out on July the 29th. And it is fucking sick, by the way. Check it out. I'm here with Sam, the fantastic guitarist from Ithaca, who's just released their new second sophomore album. That was a tongue twister. Uh, it's just come out on the, the 29th yeah, of June right. called They... Thank you very much. Called They Fear Us. So um, it's been out pretty much nearly a week now. What's been the initial response? What's the vibe you're getting back? How are you feeling about it? What sort of messages you've been receiving? 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's really overwhelming. I mean, first of all, just just to put it out there, like to to thank you and Will for an incredibly kind review because that was absolutely one of the band's favourites. That one did did big numbers in our WhatsApp chat because it was so <laughs> lovely. And the fact that you did such a deep dive on it was so so moving and meant so much. Um, it's been incredible. I mean, honestly, like it's been a little bit overwhelming to be honest. It's, I've been telling people it's kind of a bit like being hit with an an emotional like eighteen wheeler. Like it's sort of we were just sat there sort of chilling it felt a bit like and we were like oh, here's some videos here's some stuff and people were like oh yeah that's cool <laughs> and then now it's like blah like woo, love the album and like which is so nice but also a bit a bit nuts um my favorite things are about the last uh week have been um obviously apart from just like leaving aside all the incredibly nice comments and just people being lovely and all that mm. sort of stuff um mainly it's it's a couple of things firstly that people are really like connecting with the album people really get what we were trying to do people really get the ideas behind the album and and um yeah people feel like i've had we've had a lot of comments that people are feeling very like seen by the album they're feeling represented okay. by the album which as, as you know as you guys know from yeah as you can tell from from the interview and all the other stuff you know you understand that's like that's a big part of why why mm. we bother doing this people are up for like the 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 weird some of the weird musical choices you know people didn't like i thought people were going to be a lot more sniffy about uh us having a power ballad than they have been um but they weren't they were like yeah this fits uh you know they get like that that is really amazing that people use words like cohesive to describe the album and you know mm. it's not just that they like it it's that they feel like the album kind of works as a, as a thing um and i think like yeah it's doing a little bit of like tapping on the door of some slightly more mainstream publications you know like in the guardian stuff and you know doing doing kerrang cover and well and by the time this comes out hopefully another big another big publication um like the kind of implement a farmer might use to to move some hay will hopefully be given <laughs> us a review um and so uh yeah i think like to us that's incredibly validating because it's part of, that's also part of the point you know like we wanted to look different and sound different to every other metal band in our scene and, and it feels like we're we've done a decent stab at it so yeah it's been great been great that's fun that's fantastic i'm so glad to hear you've got to sort of get the positivity back the clear the effort you put into the album so obviously um language of intro came out in 2019 and the sophomore the sophomore was always a stereotypically difficult album for a band to come across especially one that was successful like yourself uh, interacting with the fan base and then you always have the classic band conversation amongst yourself i assume do we continue with what has clearly worked just do we develop what do we want to be in our next album? What do we want the whole thing to sound like? So what I'm asking you really is, how did those conversations happen? What was the, and obviously we know the end product now, but I'm more interested in what led to it really. What were the conversations where like, what we want this album to sound like this, we want this to be different because it is markedly different. Um, yeah. What were the conversations and the, and the sort of discussions you were having between as a group and how did that actually wind up being the production that it was, the, the songwriting process that it became? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the way I've been talking about it is I think it's a mixture of like, there was a mixture of extreme, like hyper intentional and very, very organic and very loose. Mm. So there was, there's one point, I mean, I don't know if this is interesting for people to hear about, but there was, there was this point <laughs> quite early, you know, it was, it was sort of um, summer during, I think just maybe just after lockdown one or something. And we, we had a little writing session. It was kind of our first time, a couple of us even being in a room together. And we were playing around and I had, you know, I had a couple of riffs locked in, like the, the opening riff in the way and some other breakdowns that we use and some other bits where it was like, yeah, yeah, metalcore, like we're back, good riffs, here we go. And I was playing around with the with the 
the clean bit at the beginning of um, You Should Have Gone Back. And mm. I was like, I really like this, but I just don't know. I really, I can't think of where to take this. It's sort of a bit mustardony and it's a bit like fluid and sci-fi and spacey, but it's kind mm. of going nowhere. And then James, our drummer, um, he was just like, uh, what if we did like a big stadium rock bit? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, oh, go 70s, like go 70s, just big stadium rock. And I was like, interesting. Do you mean like this? And then we sort of like, I did like a big stupid Prince like pick scrape and then so we worked on that solo. And then that was the moment where, and, and everyone, and all the guys were like, yeah, 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 this kind of thing, this kind of thing. And it was like very, you know, it's what the makings of what is now on the record, you know, a big camp mm. sort of stadium rock solo, Prince, Purple Rain section. And as soon as Lewis kind of fired the starting gun on that and everyone was vibing with it, that gave me the license to be like, okay, I can get, like the guys are up for really going like outside the box here. Um, and then that was when I start, started to play around with like Hold Be Held and some of the other stuff. Like the first ideas started to come there because I was like, no, I can really like do what I want here and we can really be so much braver. Then on the other side, as that stuff started to develop, we started to realize like, oh, there are some really strong common themes here and there is a real flow and there's like a real consistency of ideas. So why don't we actually build out more of a concept for the record? And, and that's where like the look came from really. We, we, we really sat down to like mood board, the look and the videos and like all of that came from the kind of central like they fear us kind of concept. And that, that's when things got very like followed a clear creative process where we were like brainstorming with each other. Whereas a lot, yeah, as I say, some of the other stuff, you know, like Hold Be Held, I just sort of came, I just had an idea like, oh, what if we do like a sort of 90s new edition Michael Bolton power ballad thing? And I just came, I just wrote it in my loft during one of the lockdowns and sent it to the guys and they were like, yes, but um, can we like do this and this and this? And then then what you hear is the final product came out. So um, yeah, if that answers your question, a real, a real mix of like, and we also did like writing retreats where we had this like really focused time to kind of build things out rather than having like bitty bits. We, um, we, we took that concentrated time to like really create together and really vibe off each other as well. No, I think that's terrific. Obviously, it's clear that it's having that impact on that, that the, the creation of something that's this overall thing that needs to flow rather than you get you get some records that you can tell. All right, it's one, two, three, four, and it's just one after the other. And yeah. it's very staccato, very sort of uh, stripped down that we have three singles and the rest will write in like six months or something like that. And it's it's good. It's clear that you sort of had this sort of progressive approach. Did that feed into the ideas and some of the themes and the lyricism as well? Because I notice mm. that obviously you've talked about the mood, you've talked about the, the sort of general perception of the band that you want to portray and sort of hinted at some of the social commentary that's sort of occurring, occurring a little bit stronger in this second album. Was that something that you discussed as we want to hit this overall theme and we're going to mm. have a lot of these interconnected ideas that sort of relate to this overall theme? Or did it, like you talked about with the songwriting, was that a more organic process as well? Yeah, that was more like... Um because of lockdown actually it was a bit more like we were um like the, the 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 guys in the band and then Jamila were kind of a bit like not isolated from each other because she would come to all the writing retreats but also like she was a lot a lot a lot of the time in the writing retreat she was just like thinking she wasn't actually necessarily contributing to like this should be this and this should be this she was just like mapping out things in her head and playing around with ideas and so like we didn't really get some of the some of the lyrics I didn't hear until the studio to be honest like some of them wow. you know because we never had time to really practice them you know like we, when we recorded last August you know it's hard to think of now but you know and we were quite like 
we were quite strict as a band about lockdown requirements and r- rule of mm. six and everything and like being in a room together so it was, everything was quite late when we actually got fully built things out so some of that stuff like some of that stuff was was before like they the they fairest title and things like that that came like quite quite a long time before but like fluorescent for example which is definitely like the most emotionally devastating of the songs we didn't hear the lyrics until we got into the studio and that was like a complete a complete gut punch and it was it was but it was still like it still met the overarching theme that we were building out if you see what i mean so mm. um I don't know if this is answer your question at all. Sorry, it's like I think I think also they fed off each other. Like the mm. music being more like, uh, you know, having elements of more like not just like camp, but like more like femininity, intimacy, mm-hmm. other tone tones and emotions beyond rah rah rah. I think fed into the gave Jamila license to do a lot more cleans. And that fed into the over the like the the, diff, the femininity and the divine feminine pattern. Do you know what I mean? They kind of really yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you see, it appears that you've sort of hit on like a little bit of a juxtaposition between the way that society is constructed and the way that you kind of want to break it down. Totally. And that dark and light kind of blend is finding itself nicely in the music. Mm, I, I totally. Think. Um, totally. Getting all very English teacher and metaphorical on you there, but um, for sure, for sure. Listen, when we when we review the album, um, I had the contention that it felt like the album was split into three. So you had the op- you had the opening record, the opening portion of the record was almost like a classic modern metal core. This is as if, if you asked me to pan out what I thought the next Ithaca album would sound like, those opening three songs are kind of in the, you know, there's a lot of like discords, a lot of like yeah, fast yeah, paced yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's got the classic breakdown sort of blueprint. The second one felt like you'd all be listening to every time I die and punching each other for about half a year. And Very then the third, the third, <laughs> then the third section is like, like you mentioned, just completely emotive discourse, completely different, completely just, just really beautiful like will mentioned that he was like personally sort of moved like listening to the record which is beautiful That's absolutely incredible it, yeah. just to have that impact those three segments being put together that way was that was that accidental is that if we hit on something like a deliberate thing that you did with the track listing or how far off are we no i absolutely loved the way you highlighted that in the review and actually a few people have reflected us back to reflect that back to us that it kind of moves in these sort of acts you know it yes kind of, yeah and i think in a way that that was less intentional to be honest what 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 we were really trying to do was never let you get too comfortable in one groove anywhere in the album hmm. and also like this is such i don't know if this is a stupid analogy but to me when i'm when i'm really in my my, my best creative zone with the riffs because that's the big part of what i did bring hmm. to the band it's it's when when we really feel like we're like like it's like we're cooking so we're like cutting yeah. through the sweetness or like the balance of flavor or just, you know what I mean like something oh it's like yeah, oh absolutely. this feels a bit like this is getting too like sweet it needs some spicy or this is yeah. getting too like this is just a bit too like Bleh. now it yeah. needs something to like even it out and so we we thought really carefully we had lots and lots of chats about the sequencing the album to make sure it flew uh, flowed really cleanly and really well. And that you, as a, yeah, you were never bored of, of any one idea, and um, and and also the kind of um, it does follow a narrative arc of like mm. taking you down to the very sort of depths of aggression, and then like you come out on the other side, and 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 that is where the kind of you know all the ideas that we're trying to communicate about them, you know, healing from your trauma being possible, because yeah. that is that's my experience of therapy. And I think a couple of us, if they don't mind me saying, a couple of the band members' experience of therapy is like, you have to 
really go into the most like like aggressive raw and like painful and vulnerable place of yourself before mm. you come to this like you're sort of this wounded animal and then and then you kind of you start to rebuild from that place um and uh yeah so 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 it made a lot of sense and like um I think like having that like it's also to be honest we also wanted to warm people up to the idea that like okay you know don't worry like we're still a metal band we still do riffs we still do mosh bits but like we're gonna take you somewhere a bit crazy now and I don't I think it would have been weird if we tried to front load any of the weird stuff because I think people just wouldn't it wouldn't have felt like we'd earned it you know no I, I understand that I understand it's interesting that you um it's interesting that you touch on that a little bit um how much does how much does fan discourse play into the songwriting discussion process because some bands get kind of I've, I've asked this question before and some bands get really touchy about this mm. question so I'll, sometimes i get well not not at all we just produce our creative thing and then you know what i mean we put it out there and whatever like okay all right quentin yeah, tarantino no. like it's cool um but like obviously you've hinted at something there which has allowed me to feel brave enough to ask the question surely fan response has to play into part of what you're producing right yeah the like the media line such as there is is oh we only make music for ourselves i mean and there is some truth to that like obviously mm. you know we wouldn't have a power ballad on the record if we didn't think like if because we like of that course. music and that's why we make it but we, we're i think i think we're fans of our own music to be honest if that doesn't sound arrogant like we this mm. is the music we make is the music that we want to listen to and we think is cool and so of course like fan response comes into that because we are also putting it out into the world with the understanding that we feel like there are other people who also think all of these influences and these styles and and these directions are cool as well um really for me like the whole the 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 thing with with the response from from listeners is it's is it's two things it's one it's just like i think people just need to have a day off and just like embrace the like joy of of the fact that people are people are art is your art is resonating with people yeah. and just like just just like if you can't see that joy you will never find joy in your creative endeavors you'll never enjoy being in a band and like it's it's really i can say it's super tempting when you're in a band to be incredibly competitive to constantly yes. think like what are these people doing that we're not yeah. like what are we getting wrong? What, how do we be better? Blah, 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 you know, and just constantly be blinkered by mm. um, ambition and, and a sense of like, what's next and what's next and what's next? And rarely do you stop and take stock of like the things that you've achieved. And so that that is the benefit, I think, of people responding to your to your to your eyes, is that it becomes real and it becomes alive. And also like um I think uh you know, a big part of this band is about, as we're constantly banging on about in interviews, is about offering people something new and and not just to, you know, we think that we're kind of enriching the, the like, the scene, like, if, if that doesn't sound too arrogant, because we are offering no, no. something new, a bit new and a bit different, you know, we're, we're yeah. trying to add something, we're trying to contribute, however much you think we actually are or aren't. Um, and there's a much more kind of, there's something much more intentional, which, as you know, we're, we're very passionate about, which is the idea that people who don't look like or sound like or, or or seem like other people in the scene have access to this music as well because you know like people of color working class people women whoever trans people whoever have this full palette of emotions just as we do it's just that this world has felt closed off to them before or it's felt more closed until very recently and so 
I think if you're not considering how your art is your your music or your whatever is responded to through the lens of like how can we enrich the overall environment that we're in how can we make our scene better how can we make it more inclusive how can we make the art fundamentally more interesting I think then then you are a little bit just making music for yourself and you're not thinking about like progression or like change or like new things happening you know I'd like to think that like all particularly in the UK scene they definitely are but you know all the bands mm. who are our peers are thinking about like how can we make heavy music more interesting and cool and like vibrant you know they're not just thinking like oh we make music for ourselves it's like yeah you do make music for yourself but like if you're not thinking at least like beyond the walls of your creativity I think that's a bit of a shame to be honest. No, I, I completely agree with that. I think you think you're absolutely right. You've got to consider, you've got to consider audience participation as part of what you're trying to do. Audience, sort of that cathartic sort of, you kind of have a cathartic experience if it's entirely singular. Like, it seems by definition completely wasted. Sure. And and I think arts life has to imitate art in that way, where we kind of see um, artists breaking boundaries, and then society mimics it because they've seen it, and then it becomes this, you know, you, you know definitely. that sort of thing. So comedians and artists and that sort of stuff. Culture shift, exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to Yeah, you, you absolutely no, no, of course. I was just agreeing with you essentially. So we're talking about your your sort of role in the band. We're talking about you as guitarist. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the riff construction because I, sure, I love talking, man. I love talking about riffs. So we've got we've got a, a varying, a varying melting pot really of stuff that you've produced over the course of this album. We had that that little Twitter stage talking about the, the sort of Mastodon um uh, sort of harmonies that you're also doing, but also the sort of more modern discord discord type stuff you know the pinch harmonics we've got in there we've got the how does your how does your riff writing actually happen in the sense of do you is it just an organic process you talk about before we talked about the chord pattern that led into this really expansive very different Ithaca song do you often sit down with the intention of writing something quote unquote in this style genre whatever or is it just like a a band organization thing because it's Santa can be a multitude and however you approach it really yeah great question it's a mix of like it really varies actually when when language really was very like i've got a riff here's the riff let's build the song out <laughs> from the riff yes and this yes. was a bit more like this was there was a lot of like i've got a riff let's see where we go but there was a lot more like um our drummer lewis J- yeah james lewis was um he was writing a lot more beats as well and then i could write riffs to that and he he's got his own influences and his own ideas which which kind of gives me a bit of a push because you know a lot of a lot of writing quote unquote is me stood in front of my amp just playing for hours and hours and hours until I just come up with something I'm like oh that's a nifty little like oh there's an idea and you know that kind of thing um and just like playing with different pedals and sounds and tones and just like for inspiration you know like the you should have gotten back opening as you say was like I was just like I just want to like faff around on my clean channel with some nice pedals and just like think about and just see see you know see if anything happens um and it did which is great um at the same time with this album some of it was very like now can we really try and be like songwriters you know can we really like like hold be held was really me trying to like write an actual song song rather than because all of them are songs but there's an extent to which because i'm not formally musically trained what we're doing is like riff 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 chorus riff 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 yeah. you know a little bit absolutely and um although that's much more sophisticated this time around than it was a language you know it still is a little bit of that and that will always be what we're like because you know that's the genre and all that sort of stuff and that's mm-hmm. what's fun um but like yeah we tried in a few key moments to really like yeah be more like songwriters be more like okay 
I, like I challenged myself to learn a lot more about like chord progressions and, and like musical movements and like chords which like like layering chords and inversions and sort of basic theory stuff that I should have learned a long time ago but like that dipping my toe into massively inspired me to yeah to think a lot bigger um and also because I'm 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 so obsessed with pop music I love pop music and I love like I've got a bit of a like uh, I don't know if this is interesting at all but my music taste is very wide but quite thin mm. it's like I'm not like going to be able to tell you like which album on this but like I've listened to a huge range of music yeah. and I'm trying I'm a bit of a musical magpie and I'm trying to like so I think I said this to Will but like there was like one clap sound on an Alice Coltrane album that we recreated and there was like a ding thing from a Bruce oh no no there's like a vocal harmony from a Bruce Springsteen track that I was like I specifically want this thing and like Hold Be Held has like a bit of as I said a bit of like New Edition Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis has got a bit of like mm. Michael Bolton it's got a bit of like you know all sorts of stuff where you know which you're magpieing and taking tiny bits to build something a lot bigger um which is a, a lot more whereas on language i would have been like i'm gonna write a lamb of god riff this time i was like okay yeah where can i where can i bring like janet jackson and prince and all this other me and erica badu and all this other music that really is like such a big part of me in my life um into into the record if that yeah no, no, that's that, no. It makes, it makes it makes a ton of sense. I think that's gonna that's what's allowing you to sort of make this sort of progression, isn't it? But there's this if you, if you kept going back to the well and being like, oh, I heard this bullet for Valentine bleed from within, still remains sure. all this type of stuff. Then you you know that's the kind of stuff that you're gonna end up producing. I love that we've managed yeah. to get Bruce Springsteen in there. I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen yeah, yeah. fan. Oh, um, well, let's let's talk yeah. about that at some point. Yeah, yeah, I would also add actually to that is like one thing I really tried to do this time, which I think we were successful at was like, even with the heavy riffs, really try to pull from influences that were not as immediately obvious. I mean, I know you can hear the obvious ones, you know, Mastodon, Lamb, yeah, Lamb, of course. And Norma Jeans and all these, you know, because mm. we love those bands, obviously they're incredible. Mm. But we tried to do a bit more like, okay, what bands do we really respect and love that we just don't feel people are bringing, uh, drawing from? So, you know, bands like Burnt by the Sun, Candiria, other like Naughties sort of metalcore or bands, who come from a bit more of a strange, maybe proggy world, coalesce and people like that, as well as like more of the 90s groove metal that goes beyond just like Pantera, Pantera and Vision of Disorder. Um, mm. And think, you know, um, just trying to bring more groove, a bit more like sass, a bit more like all these, all these, do you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. so we weren't just trying to like, yeah, 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 yeah. We were just trying to, just trying to be really like, yeah, widen the lens of, of where we were like musical magpieing from it, it does it does feel like listening to this record even even before having a conversation with you that you feel braver as musicians yeah. as songwriters That's i think it. that first album has given you that foundation to, to move forward does that does that mean if i'm going to do the, the very stereotypical journalist thing does that mean with the next record i can expect god knows what like are we talking yes. about you're going to Definitely. go out and i'm going to i'm going to find out that you're listening to grand funk railroad for nine months and you're just so yeah, absolutely oh my god yes i actually i like that. yeah maybe <laughs> but um it's not often not off the, uh, the cards um absolutely like that's the one thing in in the whatsapp like where we've just been like ah mm. for the past week the one thing <laughs> that i said the one thing that we said um am i allowed to swear on this by the way you absolutely are yeah, all yeah, the time yeah. the funniest thing jamila just posted a thing being like right so hold the held is everyone's favorite track so i guess that just leaves me to say fuck you sam <laughs> that is just, that is <laughs> the funniest thing but like I was just like, yeah, like that's it now. Like I'm off the leash now. Like all my silly bullshit, you know. I get to just, yeah. I've already got some ideas. Like 
I shouldn't, yeah, no, I'm not going to say yet because there'll be some surprises next time around. But there's already with some very, very early demos. Like I'm a bit too in the they fear us brain to do proper yes. writing yet. Um, but even it's terrific that you're already back like, there though. Like is yeah, that just instantaneous? Fact, I mean, it has to, yeah, a little bit, man. To be honest, I think this is one of the things I struggle with the most. Like it seems like bands that we know just go straight back into it, and they're just like, yeah, more music, right, right, right. And I'm like, no, dude, like. During the album cycle, like my brain is quite occupied by like the album that we're on and like that creative vision before I try and think about what's next. But Lewis and I have had a couple of little sessions where we've just been toying around with some stuff. And I did get some time earlier this year to sort of faff around with some early demos while we were um, waiting for stuff to come out. And like I've already, yeah, it's it's going to be like really silly. And they're going to like the guys already know, like we've discussed this, like they know they're going to have to rein me in even more because I'm going to have some even stupider crazier ideas but um yeah it's gonna be like ballsy the ne next time round will be so even, even more like even more wacky even more like <laughs> but not when i say wacky i mean you know not in the way of like oh you know like richard cheese or i don't know you know what i mean like not goofy but just like <laughs> yeah be, like, i understand you know do you know the distinction between a band who's just like what here's a saxophone and you're just like no versus yeah like, you know when bands bring bring in sex influences from other artists and you're like yes this really this is really cool and they've kind of as i said they've like earned, earned it um so yeah like yeah yeah or, or like other genres are being explored in a way that i think is, is very interesting already that's really exciting i think the prospect of having more bands like yourselves that are in, in they're included different genres different ideas different societally progressional ideas looking like different that different to all the other bands um i think i think that as a, as a combination is a combination is just it's never going to be bad for the genre and really societally or anything like that so that's that's absolutely fantastic that. i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna get you out here on this what does the rest of 2022 look like for ithaca a good question man it's fairly i mean like we've got a lot of touring over the next couple of months so yeah uk mm. then europe and we're and we're, we're gonna have a couple of um um specific festival dates uh that will be announced fairly shortly um later kind of autumn but then it's tbc really like we're kind of well what i will definitely say is like now that we're jamila's visa situation is sorted we've got some plans to do some of the things that we put off you know like we're definitely going to do another video for example and we've got mm -hmm. other like other plans for content and kind of the output let's call it for things that we wanted to do that now we're now we're completely flexible to do um and then just like riding the wave to be honest just riding the wave and seeing where this takes us and um like the main thing is that people are really loving the record people are really really responding to it the dream is that that leads to some good opportunities and us getting in front of people but the main thing is just like yeah getting out and playing and having some fun and and hopefully we have a big you know big big summer next year big festival season so that's so far is looking looking reasonably good but yeah um uh yeah that's it really just like just ride the wave see how it goes enjoy it keep chatting shit on podcasts and banging on about diversity <laughs> and being a woke punisher basically like that's my main to-do list <laughs> no, <that's>, that <laughs> sounds like idea. that sounds like a wonderful plan me and you are very similar to do this moving over the next 18 months at the very least i want to say thank you for your time sam it's been an absolute pleasure talking about the arm with you today uh sam that's from ethica everybody too. thank you so very much